Welcome everybody to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ. Season 5, episode number 3. I've got another good one for you. I'm going to be riding solo again today. But we're going to talk about four focuses of skill development. Now, these four focuses are going to be things that I feel like just about every skill development session should include. So when you're going to the gym and you're working on your game and you have a purpose, you have objectives, you have a goal, you have a plan, then within that plan or within that goal, within that individual session, I have four things that I feel like that every player, no matter what position they play, they should focus on. I also have a bonus that I'm going to give you that I think is important, Um, but again, I got four things that I really feel like every player should focus on uh, throughout their training sessions. Um, But before I get to that, make sure that y'all stay on after the show. I'm going to give you all my contact information. I'm going to give you information uh, how you can follow me on social media, my website, information on how you can get my book, uh, some new virtual training that I am doing, and also some Facebook Live Uh, workout sessions that I have that anybody can log on and join in from anywhere. Of course, it's through Facebook. So I'm going to give you all the information as soon as the show is over with. So y'all be sure to stick around for that. Also, if you hear something in the background, um, I'm recording this pretty late at night. We've got a, we're under a, a pretty bad thunderstorm warning and the sirens or tornado sirens went off earlier tonight. So we had to go and take cover. So if you hear some some little bit of some rumbling in the background, no, that's that's from the storm that we have going on right now. It's part of living in Arkansas, man. All right, so let's get right down into it. Uh, season five, episode number twenty three. I have four focuses of skill development. So when you're in your training session, these are four things that I feel like every player should focus on to some degree. It's not saying that. You have to necessarily do specific drills for every single one of these, but there should be some attention paid to each one of these. Um, I know when I work with players, I always try to make sure that I include each of these things throughout the session. And as we go through them, I kind of tell you uh, how I do that. So the number one thing, and I'm saying these things are not in any particular order, not saying that one is more important than the other. But this particular one is the object of the game. The object of the game is to score points. The team that scores the most points win. So we have to focus on shooting. Now, when it comes to shooting, we're talking about our forming technique, having an understanding of mechanics, you know, things like hand in the center of the ball, clean catch equals a clean release. Uh, We want to make sure that we have balance, making sure our feet are as wide as our hips, We want a strong base with our hips dropped. Okay, we want a strong base with our hips dropped. And when we have the basketball, we want to lift our elbow to get our hand underneath the ball. Then we extend our follow through by locking out our elbow. And our wrist needs to be up and over the front of the rim with our elbow above our eyebrow. Okay, those are the things that I look for when I'm working with a player on shooting. Or even if we're doing shooting drills and they're missing some shots or they, there's something that's off with their shooting. Those are the things that I typically look at. Um, now, when you're drilling shooting, uh, 
I've talked to talked to you before about different types of drills where you have your your block shooting, your random shooting, you got your decision making or your game like drills, you have your multi uh, uh, multi skill drills. Um, but we want players to shoot off of different foot patterns. Okay, so a lot of times we'll see players do block shooting where they'll stand in the corner, shoot 10 shots, go to the wing, shoot 10, maybe elbow out to the three-point line, shoot 10, and then they repeat the same thing on the other side of the floor. And that's cool, but there's also a lot of movement. Now, in the NBA, the game is a little bit different. There's a lot of drive and kick and extra pass, and a lot of those players, some players are are paid several million dollars a year to stand in one spot, catch and shoot. Um, with me working with a lot of youth players, I want them to be able to move in different foot patterns. So that could be backpedaling, that could be shuffling, that could be sprinting, or it could be any combination of the of the three. So I may have a player backpedal behind the three to to the from from the elbow to the three point line turn and sprint towards the corner, shuffle the last, you know, two steps, catch and shoot. Then they may backpedal, sprint, sprint and shuffle to the corner and then turn and sprint back to the wing for the catch and shoot. So anything like that, just working on their different feet, uh, movements and patterns, they may have their back turn. I call out left or right. They turn in that direction, catch and shoot. Just anything to, to, to really focus on their feet to make sure that they can turn and move in different movements and different patterns and still catch the ball on, on balance. Um, so then you have your stride stops. Do I want them to stop in a one-two step left, right, or a one-two step right, left? Do I want them to come to a, a jump stop? Now, when they come to a jump stop, I even sometimes work with players jumping off of their left foot. So they'll be running and plant their left foot come to a jump stop, or they'll be running, come, you know, and plant their right foot, come to a jump stop. Do they need to, and that could be running towards the basket. That could be um, running from the wing to the top, maybe from the top to the wing or the wing to the corner and working on catching the ball in different types of patterns so they can understand about loading their hips, being on balance, catching it clean, releasing it clean, being more straight up, straight down, and not have a lot of movement on their shot. So shooting is very important. And that's just uh, on the movement, off of cuts, catch and shoot. Then you have a whole nother dynamic when it comes to shooting off the dribble. So all of that is important when it comes to shooting. So one of the, one of the main focuses of skill development or in your skill development, if you want to be able to get on the floor, you have to be able to shoot the ball. Today's game, everybody is shooting out on the perimeter. Okay, I don't know many players. There might be one or two players on the NBA team or even a college team that don't shoot three-pointers at all. Majority of the players now are shooting much further out. They're handling the ball more. They're they're making passes. Everyone's got to be able to handle the ball, and there's something I'm going to get into in a minute. But we got to be able to shoot the ball. All right, number two, another focus of skill development during your sessions is – Ball handling, ball handling. Now, you hear me talk about ball handling a lot. And in this instance, I'm going to include actually three different skills. Um, dribbling, passing, and catching. 
Now, depending on how you look at dribbling, for this instance, I'm talking about dribbling the basketball in a uh, movement pattern, not just stationary dribbling. But when I'm talking about ball handling in this instance, you got to be able to handle the ball up and down the court against defense. You got to be able to pass the ball left hand, right hand, and you have to be able to catch. So when it comes to to handling the ball, you know, you got to be efficient. Can you get to your spots on the floor while being efficient with your dribble? Okay, you don't have to dribble like a Kyrie or a Steph, but can you be effective in three dribbles? I know that sounds crazy, but can you be effective in three dribbles? We see a lot of, you know, players like Kyrie that come down and, they go between the legs, behind the back, in and out, cross, step back, hezzy, cross again, get to the rim, euro step, and finish. And a lot of players think that they need to memorize that sequence and try to execute it on the court. All that is just instincts. That's that's just instincts for those players. They're able to string together different dribble moves and then go out and execute that on the, on the floor. Um, but... Any any great player is efficient with their dribble. They 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 don't waste any any unnecessary energy. So you want to wherever you want to operate. If you're on the on the wing and, and your your operation area is at the elbow, how how effective can you get from the wing or how efficient can you be from getting from the wing to the elbow? Okay, if your spot is the mid post or the 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 17-foot range area on the wing, you know, if you catch the ball on the wing a couple feet outside the three-point line, can you get to that spot efficiently, okay? So that's something that, that we have to do um, because there are a lot of players <clears throat> that don't play with the ball in their hands, right? So – and this is something that players have to understand. And coaches have to do a better job of this, too, because we do so much with players handling the basketball and making dribble moves. There are a lot of players at the high levels of the NBA, Europe, overseas basketball, and even at Division One level that don't handle the ball a whole lot. They're not going to get it. They're not going to be able to get in and make four or five different dribble moves and try to get a shot off, shoot a step back. And they're not going to be able to do like James Harden or Kyrie or Steph. But even Steph can get off the ball and run through screens, catch and shoot, catch one dribble, pump fake one dribble, and get his shot off. So if you're a wing and you're not going to have isolation plays, if you're a 3 and D guy, at the high school level, um, you have to be efficient with your dribble. When that ball is swung to you, can you catch and shoot? Can you catch and drive? Can you catch two dribble pull up? Can you catch two dribbles, finish with a floater? Can you one dribble, get to the rim? Can you two dribbles, euro step? What is it that, that you need to do? Can you do it efficiently? And that's something that, that players have to really be able to work on. Um, when we talk about ball handling, dribbling, passing, and and catching, you have to be good from fingertip to fingertip. I, I think I heard Gannon Baker say that one time, being good from fingertip to fingertip. So whatever it is I do with my my dominant hand, I want to be able to do with my with my with my non-dominant hand. 
Okay. You must be able to make. So if we're talking about passing, you got to be able to make a variety of passes. Can I make a hook pass? Can I make a push pass? Can I make a two-handed chest pass? Can I make a one-handed bounce pass? Can I make a left-handed bounce pass? Can I throw a left hand behind my back? Can I throw the behind my back pass in the air? Can I throw it off off the bounce? And even though I'm not going to necessarily make a whole lot of behind the back passes, um, that's just a skill you want to be able to you want to be able to uh, perfect something you want to add to your to your bag as uh, per se as the as the as the kids say. Okay. Uh, so we have to be able to do things with both hands. So we got to be able to create off the bounce. We have to be able to make passes and make plays for other players, and we also have to be able to catch. Okay. So when it comes to handling the ball, we got to be able to dribble it. We got to be able to pass and we got to be able to catch it. Okay, we have to be able to catch it. Can we catch it stationary? I'm standing on the wing and someone makes the pass. Can I catch it stationary? Can I catch it on the move? I'm running down the court. Someone throws me the ball. Can I catch it in stride and dribble? Can I catch it in stride and shoot? Can I catch it in stride and pass? Okay. So those are some things that a lot of players don't think about working on. You know, you're running the wing, someone makes the pass to you. Can you catch it in stride and then make a pass to a to a teammate without traveling? Can you catch it in stride and not fumble it? Can you catch it in stride, put it on the floor, make a move, and then make another pass or then shoot? Okay. Can you catch a pass while defended? If if you don't have the ball and, and you're not coming off a screen, let's say you're just V-cutting to get open and that defender is close to you, can you catch it? Can you catch it and protect it? Can you catch it clean? Can you catch it and not travel? Can you catch it and still square up and face the basket? So these are some things that we, that you have to be able to do. And then lastly, uh, can you catch in traffic? You know, someone throws you the ball, there's two players running at you or two players on you or you're cutting to the basket. Can you catch that ball in traffic? Okay. And then, again, if you're in traffic, can you catch it without traffic? Can you catch it and finish? Can you catch it and pass? So those are some things we got to think about when it comes to ball handling. And then the last thing, and this is, I hate saying this, advanced, but this is for players that are a little more skilled, a little more um, experienced. Can you catch bad passes? You know, I, I prided myself on anything that my dad used to always tell me, anything to touch your hand, son, you're supposed to catch. He didn't say, oh, if it's, you know, if it's a perfect pass and it hits your hand, you're supposed to get. He, he didn't care where the pass was at. If it was too high, if I got a hand on it, I'm supposed to catch it. If it's too low, I got a hand on it, I'm supposed to catch it. Okay, but I just had the ability to catch bad passes, but I also worked on that. Um, you know, he would have me cut to a different spot on the floor. He would throw me a couple of bad passes. I have to catch it, square up and shoot in rhythm. You know, I, it's not catch it, stop, try to square up and shoot. It's in rhythm. Can you catch a bad pass in rhythm and still get your shot up? Can you catch a bad pass in rhythm and still handle the ball, put the ball on the floor? Can you catch a bad pass in rhythm? And then pass it to someone else without traveling. So those are some things that we got to do. So when I'm looking at ball handling, or I'm talking about ball handling as a whole, I'm talking about just really handling the basketball, dribbling the ball, uh, passing, and catching. Okay? 
So I got, so again, I'm giving you four focuses of skill development. Number one, we talked about shooting. Number two, we talked about ball handling. Number three, which to me is the second most important skill to learn or to master in basketball, and that's footwork. Okay, when we're talking about jump stops, one-two stride stops, pivots, front pivot, you know, rear pivot, rips, you know, all these different things with your feet that you want to be able to master. All right, having great footwork allows you to play on balance. You're more efficient on offense and you're more effective on defense. Okay, having good footwork can improve your ball handling. It can make you a better passer. It can improve your shooting. Again, like I said, you can play on balance. And like I said, it's the second most important skill behind shooting. I feel like shooting is 1A and footwork is 1B. And the reason why I believe that is because, to me, if you think about it, everything in basketball starts with your feet. Everything. Your ball handling. To be able to handle it and be able to, to play efficiently, you got to have good footwork. Right? To pass, you got to have good footwork. Especially on the move, you got to have good footwork. If you're passing against pressure, you have to be able to pivot. That's footwork. When you're shooting, footwork. If you're on the move and the ball is coming to you, you got to have good footwork. That leads to a better rhythm. That leads to better balance. And then that can increase your chances of making a shot. You want to play good defense? Footwork. You want to rebound? Footwork. Okay. You want to beat your defender down the court? Footwork. You want to set good screens? Footwork. All right. So all these things start with your feet. And if somebody was crazy enough, and I've actually said this myself, if someone is crazy enough to say that footwork is a more important skill than than shooting, I can I can understand that, you know. But the object of the game is to score, so we have to be able to shoot and put the ball in the basket. That's the object of the game. But your shooting increases if you have good footwork. Your ability to shoot the ball increases. If you have good footwork. Okay. And I know there's some other things that go into shooting also, but I don't know many players. I I can't think of a player that is a good shooter that didn't shoot with good balance and good footwork. I could be wrong, but I can't think of anyone. Okay. I don't know of anyone. And if y'all do know someone that you know at any point in time, professional, college, or whatever, let me know because I would love to see uh, see them. But anybody that's a shooter that shot the ball really well, that had good balance, that had good poise, had a good rhythm, that had good footwork. Okay? So when we're talking about footwork, when you think about players like MJ, Kobe, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon, masterful, masterful at footwork, okay? They will make shots look easy, make things look easy. Um, they were graceful on the basketball court. So number three, we got to have good footwork. You, we got to work on our, on our feet. And um, so I, I should have said this. Well, I'm going to give you the fourth one, then I go back and kind of tell you kind of well, as we recap what I do to work on those things, Okay. Number four, and this is the last one. The number, the number four thing that I feel like 
every skill development session, training session should focus on, and that's decision-making slash basketball IQ. All right. Offensive players must know when to shoot, when to pass, when to dribble. We talk about why. We talk about how to shoot, how to dribble, how to pass. We talk about why, but we must tell them when. Okay? And one way for them to learn when is to be put in positions or situations where they have to make a decision. If we allow a player to do a drill where they know automatically they're going to dribble, they're going to pass, they're going to shoot, it refines the skill, but it doesn't make it applicable necessarily to the game. Okay? And there are multiple decisions to be made in a possession. You know, if you're off ball, you can make decisions like, do I cut? Do I need to space? Do I screen? All right. And then once you make those decisions, there's another decision that follows that. Okay, if I cut, if I cut, now what do I do? Okay, do I need now do I need to go screen? Do I need to space? Do I need to balance the floor? Okay, pass comes to me. Do I shoot it? Do I drive it? Do I pass it? What what is it that I need to do? So there are always multiple decisions that players have to make. Now, we don't want players to be robots. But what I try to do with when it comes to decision making is I give players multiple options. And a player may ask, well, what should I do in this situation? I tell them, I say, I don't know. Perfect example. Tonight I was working with a kid. He's a fifth grader. And uh, it was a one-on-one session. And we kept our social distance. But Arkansas, our state has been has been a little bit different. So I was working with this kid. And uh, he said, Coach, he said, uh, when I dribble to the basket, should I shoot a layup like this? And then when he showed it to me, his palm was up. Or should I shoot it like this? And his palm was down. And he said, if a defender is coming over, which way should I shoot it? I told him, I said, I don't know. And he kind of looked at me like, what you mean? I said, I don't know. He said, well, if I shoot, he said, what if I shoot it like this? And he was showing me, demonstrating his palm was up. And he said, and it goes in. I said, well, that's the, that's, that was the right choice. And he said, well, what if I shoot the other way and it go in? I said, then that's the right choice. And he was really confused by that because he was wanting me to give him a definite answer. But what I, wanted, what I told him was, there is no absolutes in basketball. I can't tell you just because a defender is coming over which way you should shoot the ball. Like, you should do this every single time. Because it may not work every single time. So everything is relative to the situation that you're in. Now, I don't know. It depends on the person that's coming over, rotating over. Are they a shot blocker? Are they taller than you? Are they more athletic? Are they faster? Are they slower? Are they short? Are they small? You know, so all these different things play play a role into the decision that you're going to make. But players have to have that that opportunity to learn and experiment what works and what doesn't work. So they have to do that uh, when it comes to learning and learning from their mistakes. Now, when they're, when we are, when I'm t- working with a player and I give them the why, there has to be a clear understanding. 
Okay. Why do we want to fade on the screen if the defender tries to go over the top? Okay, what are we doing? What are we looking for? All right, so I'm telling them, hey, this guy goes over the top. What do we want to do? Oh, we want to fade. Why 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 do we want to fade? Oh, okay, well, I'm getting separation and ball comes to me. I can I can catch a shoot. Yep. Or what else? Oh, you know, the guy guarding the screen may may switch and then I can make the pass to the big cutting to the basket. Or or I can drive it. There you go. You got three options. You can shoot it, you can pass it, or you can attack. I said, let's just you make a decision, see what works. And then and and for us to work on that, you know, if if I have enough players, we'll do a two on two scenario and we'll work on that. And I don't tell the player this is what you should do. It all depends on how the defense plays. But you have options. Now let's experiment with those options and see what we come up with. Okay. Now, uh, a couple other things to help with decision-making and, and basketball IQ is these three letters, KYP, know your personnel. Who's on the floor, offensively and defensively? I mean, on your team and, and your opponents. Who's on the floor? You know, what are their strengths and weaknesses? Um, you know, you have to understand what your teammates can do, and then that helps you with some decisions that, you are, that you're going to be needing to make. Um, Players need drills where they have to understand or develop an understanding of the game. That, let me read. Let me say that again. Players need drills where they have to develop an understanding of the game. This is done with a live defender or a simulated defender, where the offense has to make a decision. Okay. Live defender or a simulated defender. So here's what I mean. If I'm in a session with a group, I can get one of those players, okay, this is going to be live one-on-one. Now, I may instruct the defense to do something specific. Um, if we're working on playing without the ball and, and cutting you know, from one spot of the floor to the other, I may get a defense two choices. Uh, to trail that defender or trail that offensive player or to try to deny them. And then the offense has to make a read on what's going on. And then from there, they make a decision. They try to make the best play possible. And then it may go into a live one-on-one or a two-on-two or three-on-three or whatever it is that we're wanting to do. Once that play is over with, I then engage in conversation with, with the offensive player. Okay, what were you thinking about? Why did you do this? Oh, okay, I understand that. I see what you were trying to do. This might work instead. Or, hey, that was good. That's, you know, if you're in that situation again, you, you, can, you can try that again. So that's how you develop their IQ. That's how you improve their decision making. Um, and then that helps that player become a better basketball player. Okay. So we're talking about four, four focuses of skill development. Um, and again, these four things I feel like should be included in every training session to some degree. So we talked about shooting. Number one, we talked about shooting. Now, here's what I do to drill shooting. I always start with some form shooting. I always do some block shooting. I always do some random shooting. And then I do some type of uh, contested shooting. Okay. I don't always have decision making. 
but I always have a block, random, and contested shooting. My block shooting is, I say block shooting, it, it really depends on the age of the player and their skill, but I think it's good to really get some block shooting in and work on their technique. Catch and shoot, work on your technique, let's work on your footwork. We may only spend three to five minutes doing it, but I think it's great to do, especially at the beginning of a, at the beginning of a session or at the very end when you're trying to, you know, you're kind of letting them cool off, cool down, bring their heart rate down. And then you can get up a large amount of shots in a short amount of time. Uh, I like the random shooting because I allow them to use their imagination. So I may tell them, hey, you start underneath the basket, throw it to me, pop out somewhere, catch and shoot, catch and drive, catch and finish at the rim. You can shoot a three. You can do a step back, whatever it is that you want. And I give them a certain number of shots to make. Sometimes I put a time on it. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes it's just, hey, I need 12 makes or eight makes or five makes or whatever. If they're a really good shooter, I may say, I need 12 makes, but no more than 15 shots. Okay. Then I have some type of contested shooting. Now, um, if you have to know your players, if I have a player that plays a lot of pickup, we may not spend a whole lot of time on contested shooting. Um, I can't get out there and chase all these players all the time, but we'll do some things to make them have to really concentrate on their shooting. I need two in a row. I need three in a row. I need four out of five. I need you to make so many shots within a certain amount of time. But if I'm in a group setting, we're going to do some type of contested shooting. Not necessarily saying that they're trying to block the shot, but somebody's going to be running at them to where they're working on their shooting against a defender. Okay, so that's kind of how I do shooting. Uh, when it comes to ball handling, that's the other thing I, that I think that every training session should focus on because every player handles the ball to some degree. Not everybody handles the ball like a Kyrie or, or a Steph or anybody like that, but everybody is handling the ball to some degree. So with me, I like to do what I call a control series. We start with some pound dribbles. We go V dribble side to side. We go push pull. Sometimes we do figure eight. And that's just to work on our wrists and work on manipulating the basketball. Because when we're dribbling the basketball and we're changing directions and we're changing speeds and we're doing in and outs and crossovers and we're doing combo moves, our hand moves over different parts of the ball. So those that control series help us manipulate that basketball, work our wrists, work our forearms, really concentrate on having a hard, strong pound dribble. Then I have a series where we go into um, some quick dribbles. Our quick dribbles would be a series of moves that they do uh, in a sequence. So it may be crossover between the legs, behind the back. And they'll just continue to go through that sequence for 15, 20, 30 seconds at a time, quick as you can. Uh, it may be a double cross between, double behind, double cross, double, uh, double cross between, double behind, double cross between, double behind quick as they can, um, or it may be a double cross, between cross, between, behind, cross, cross. I mean, just, and and here's what I do. When I give them all those different moves to do, and it may be four or five, six of them, sometimes six, seven, or eight in a row, I'm really testing their focus. I'm testing their um, their ability to pick up pick up different things um, 
and their ball quickness. So here's how I look at it. If you're if you're a coach calls a timeout, a 30-second timeout, and he or she draws up a quick play, you can't just look at your your spot on the floor and say, Oh, I'm supposed to do this. You have to see the whole play. You have to see what everybody is doing, all those moving parts. So I, I would tell them, or oh, I want you to do a double cross, between cross, between behind, you know, double double between, and see how they respond. And, you know, I want to see if you can remember that. I want to see if you can get the pattern. I want to see how you respond if you if you're slow to pick it up. I want to see, are you going slow to try to get it? And then can you pick it up? Can you remember everything and go real fast? So that's a little bit more than just just standing there dribbling. And that also keeps them engaged because they're trying to remember everything that's that's going on. So um, then with ball handling, we always incorporate some type of footwork. So we'll do some type of movement where we'll work on maybe a in and out cross and we'll concentrate on the footwork to where they'll make the move and then they'll take another dribble or two and stop like they're going to shoot so I can check out their footwork. So we always do something of that of that nature with ball handling with their footwork. Then number three, oh, I'm sorry, with their, with their ball handling. Number three, we have some type of footwork. Um, it's going to be some type of pivot, some type of one-two stop, some type of jump stop something that's going to improve their footwork and their balance, whether it's footwork off the pass, footwork off the dribble, or footwork on the shot. And then the last one is decision-making. With decision-making now, we'll really build up. Um, it may be something as simple as, okay, I'm going to throw you the ball. I'm standing you know, five feet away from you. I'm going to toss you the ball. If I'm more than arm's length away, you shoot it. If I close out on you, I want you to drive. It may be that simple. Okay, they may start in a stationary position, and then they may get into a, to a place where they're moving, and they're just reading me. Oh, coach ain't close enough. I'm letting it go. Oh, he too close. I'm drive past him. Okay. All right. So uh, those are the four things I feel like uh, every skill development should focus on. Now I'm going to give you a bonus. On this bonus, I think it is important, but based on – Based on your role and what it is that you do, I don't think you necessarily have to spend a whole lot of time on this every single training session. But I do feel every time you go to the gym to work on your game, you need to do some type of shooting, some type of ball handling, some type of footwork, and some type of decision making. You don't have to do you know, 15 minutes of each one of them, but you may do 20 minutes of shooting, specific shooting, you may do three to five minutes of ball handling. You may do three to five minutes of footwork. And then you may do 10 minutes of 10 to 15 minutes of, of decision making. And so, you know, you you have to be able to figure that out how you want to do that. But I think that all four of those should be incorporated in your training in every session. Now, this next one, the bonus is finishing. Uh, is you have to be able to finish at the rim, but I really think it comes down to uh, what position you play, um, what your role is, and and your strengths. Okay, I, 
Now, don't get me wrong. It's like I could have just said five and make it where every single session you should work on finishing. I do work on finishing with with all my players at the rim, but sometimes it's not emphasized, okay? Sometimes it's not emphasized. When I say something you should work on, it's, it's something that you're actually working on. So you want to be able to use both hands off either foot or both feet at all three angles of the rim, okay? You want to be able to use both hands off either foot or both feet in all three angles of the rim. So if you do that, you'll have 18 finishes. If you can go right hand off the left foot, that's one finish. Right hand off the right foot, that's two finishes. Right hand off both feet, that's three, right? So you got the right side, the front, and the left side with your right hand. That's nine finishes. You do that, do the same thing with your left. Now you got 18 finishes. And that's not including reverses, euros, floaters, runners, up and under, et cetera, et cetera. So you want to be able to do all of that. All right. Uh, you have to understand angles when it comes to finishing at the rim. Where is the defense closing from? Um, where is your defender? Are they behind you? Are they beside you? Are they in front of you on their left, your right? You have to understand angles. You have to be able to finish through contact. You know, can you take that bump, lay the ball up off the backboard softly, and let the sucker drop in? And this is something that a lot of players don't really focus on a lot. Oh, I don't hear this a whole lot, but you have to be able to change speeds on your finish. Sometimes you're attacking downhill full speed, and you've got to take two slower steps to make sure you're under control and then go up and finish. Those two slower steps may also allow you to not just gain control, but be able to separate from your or your defender. Okay? All right. So, again, uh, Season 5, Episode number 23, four focuses on skill development, four things I feel like every player should work on in every training session as shooting, ball handling, footwork, decision-making, and then a bonus is finishing. Um, you need to get in some type of finishing. If you do incorporate into every training session a minimum of three to five minutes, no more than about eight minutes, you know, of working on specifically working on some some finishing. So what I mean by that is you could, you know, make so many floaters, you know, just working on the footwork and the touch. Then you may come behind and work on, you know, a Euro step, working on the footwork and the floater. Then you incorporate that into your shooting. So if your player is working on some half court drives and they get to the rim to finish, you may tell them, hey, I want you to work on your floater. I want you to work on your Euro step. Okay. All right. So that is it. Before I let y'all go, I'm going to wrap up this show real quick. Um, I am on social media, on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at NBNBball. Y'all be sure to follow me on those social media outlets. I try to be as, you know, engaging and and active as possible. If you have any questions about anything skill development related, don't be afraid to reach out and and hit me up on on DM on any of those social media platforms. Um, Be sure to check out my website, tjonesfirm.com. 
if you need to ask me a question, something that's, you know, it's going to be a lengthy answer, um, you know, send me an email. Uh, my email address is info at tjonesfirm.com. Uh, shoot me an email. I, you know, I get back to you within a couple of days, max. And I try to answer your questions or, or at least point you in the right direction if I don't know the answer. Also, my book, The Skill Development Playbook, is out. It's available on Amazon and on my website as a PDF and as a paperback. The paperback is $9.99. The PDF is $3.95 on my website. It's $3.99 on Amazon, uh, as a, on Amazon as a Kindle version. Um, to find out more information about, about my book, go to tjonesfirm.com forward slash SDP hyphen book. Okay. And all my information about my book will pop up. Also, last two things, coaches, I am offering a new service. It is called, um, the SDIP virtual training. SDIP stands for skill development improvement plan, virtual training. Okay. Virtual training and, and, Information about that can be found at tjonesfirm.com forward slash virtual, V-I-R-T-U-A-L hyphen training, T-R-A-I-N-I-N-G. So just to tell you a little bit about that, I know this COVID-19 and coronavirus has is, is really messed up a lot of plans and, and AAU and training and things like that. Um, so... There are some players that's missing out on some opportunities to get better. But here's the thing. A lot of players don't really know what to do. They don't know how to get started. They don't know how to put together a plan. They don't know how to give themselves an assessment. They don't know what to do, where to go, how to get started. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm not trying to, um, you know, work with a kid out of state and, take them from their trainer. That's that's not that's that's not my intention. That's not what I'm trying to do. But this is a great opportunity for any player that needs some guidance. And I have three different levels. I have a rookie, I have a starter, and I have a Hall of Fame. The rookie is we get on the phone call, we talk about your dreams, we talk about your goals, and and I give you advice on how to on how to reach those goals. I give you advice on how to set up your plan and get things started. The starter version, um, I write out that plan for you. We get on the phone, we talk, uh, you know, you have access to my skills assessment, which all three levels have access to my skills assessment. And we talk about it and I actually put the, put the plan down on paper for you. And then I send it to you, uh, and I kind of help you get going in the right direction. And then I give you monthly support. So if you sign up for the month, then during that month, I give you support, whether it's through email, text message, phone calls, Zoom calls, uh, through social media, whatever. Um, I give you that type of support. Then the Hall of Fame, it goes a step deeper. Okay? You get all what I've, what I've already mentioned, and then you, you can send me video clips of your training sessions. Um, just short clips, one or two minutes long. Say, hey, coach, this is, you know, this is me shooting. You know, I didn't shoot the ball well today. What's going on with my shot? Then I can give you, I can give you feedback on what it is that you've sent me. 
So if you're struggling with your footwork, if you're struggling with a dribble move, you're struggling with some passing, you're struggling with your balance, you can take video clips of that. I can import it to some software, do some voiceover, add some notes on top of it, and send it back to you, and you'll be able to view it. Also, with the Hall of Fame, I will give you uh, customized workouts and drills to do also. Um, so those are the three options. You know, go to my website and check that out. Again, that's tjonesfirm.com forward slash virtual hyphen training. All the information that you need about that is on there. Lastly, last thing I'm going to let you go. I have been doing for the for the whole month of April, I have been doing some Facebook lives ever since. I'm sorry, since April 11, I've been doing some Facebook lives, free basketball training. I do a whole workout. Uh, I actually teach doing the workout. It's, it's not just we're just going to dribble a basketball. There's nothing wrong with that for those that's doing that. But um, I really I'm, I really feel led to, to teach during that time. So I'm, I'm teaching a player something, trying to give them some game, trying to get them some some free knowledge. So y'all be sure to check me out on Facebook. I will actually be live this Saturday. Um, I don't even know what the date is. I think this Saturday is is sometime in in May. I don't know. I have to. I can't even think of what Saturday is. May second. <laughs> yeah, May second. So this Saturday, May second, one thirty p.m. Central Standard Time. I'll be on Facebook Live. Each session lasts about 40, 45 minutes max. You know, we come in, we do some ball handling. We always do ball handling. We always do footwork. And then um, we we talk about a particular skill that they need and uh, show them how to break it down, how to how to learn it, how to, you know, some players have access to a goal. So I tell them, those players, when we're working through the drills, y'all shoot. But if you're not, if you don't have access to a goal, I give them an alternative for what to do. All right, so that is everything. I appreciate everybody that's been listening. I appreciate everybody that uh, have you know shown support to to me and NBN Basketball and T Jones Consulting. If you bought my book, if you sent me a question, if you've done anything with me, I appreciate it. Um, it's I, I'm I'm trying to do the best I can with this. I'm trying to give out as much knowledge as possible. Uh, so what I need y'all to do is please be sure to to share my episodes, let people know that you're watching it or watch it. Let people know that you're listening to my show. Um, if you find anything valuable, let someone know. Uh, also, be sure to subscribe, 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 and also give me a five-star rating. All right, that is it. Until next time, thank y'all. And God bless.